Hi, everyone. Welcome to HR Works, brought to you by BLR. I'm your host, Steve Bruce. HR Works provides clear, relevant, actionable information on topics that matter to HR professionals. When you're armed with best practices and strategies to attract, retain, and engage top talent and deliver exceptional value to your organization, HR works. Transparency. It's an issue that many organizations struggle with. How much to reveal, when to reveal it, how to reveal it. To help us sort this out, we've asked Dan Harris to join us. A workplace insights analyst at Quantum Workplace, Dan aggregates data to tell stories. Currently working on his PhD in industrial organizational psychology at the University of Nebraska at Omaha, he hopes to facilitate and promote meaningful changes for employees and their employers. Quantum Workplace is an employee engagement software company that helps organizations retain top talent, motivate performance, understand turnover, and build magnetic workplace cultures. Dan, welcome to HR Works. Thank you for having me. So let's begin with transparency during times of organizational change or uncertainty. Why is it important for leaders to communicate transparently during such times? I think transparent communication is important for a few reasons. The first, I think the most critical is to reduce uncertainty and the anxiety that's associated with that uncertainty. So any kind of change, whether it be a large change event or just kind of gradual changes throughout an organization's life, bring about uncertainty, the unknown, what's what's going to happen. Uncertainty is, is kind of like the boogeyman in a way. You just, you're not entirely sure what's in the shadows of that uncertainty, what the future holds when you're not entirely in the know of what's coming down the pipeline of, say, strategic changes, tactical changes, and so forth. And so being transparent about what those changes are, why those changes are occurring, and being timely in those communications, that can help reduce that kind of anxiety and allow individuals to focus more on not only their current job, such as you know, remaining motivated and still performing well, but also allowing them to think more about the future and their place in that future. And I would also say that being transparent during those changes can also kind of show employees that they're valued in a way, that they are kept in a know, that can kind of translate to employees believing that leadership values employees, that they're kind of worth being informed. So it serves those two functions, I would say, is that being transparent during organizational change or uncertainty not only reduces uncertainty, but also shows that leadership values employees. All right. That's very helpful. So employees have fears about the future. What's the most important action leaders can take to help calm the employees' fears? So, yeah, I would say that leaders need to be realistically optimistic when addressing either fears about the future or just kind of future changes in general. Because oftentimes I see suggestions that leaders need to be pretty optimistic, don't be pessimistic, things of that nature. And to some degree, I would slightly disagree about being overly optimistic 
about changes because sometimes that can set false expectations and that may hurt future communications when employees believe that, oh, yeah, I heard this before the leadership or this manager or whoever said this and that, but really it didn't come into fruition. It didn't happen like that. So really, how can I trust that this individual will be either truthful or that what will happen, what they say will happen? And so why I say realistically optimistic is that it's good to be optimistic, to be motivating in some way, to but to ground it a little bit in realism. So if it is potentially bad news and whatever bad news is for your organization or industry and so forth, then at least ground it a little bit with regard to ensuring that you are transparent and that you're not just painting a rosy picture. But especially what's important is to don't really make promises you can't keep because sometimes leaders may be instructed or they communicate something about the future that they simply don't know about. And they're just kind of shooting in the dark in terms of hopefully this will happen. Well, if that doesn't happen, then that again, as I said, sets the expectation to employees that, well, if they said this and it was a very large change, then that might mean that future communications from leadership and managers and so forth may not be really worthwhile to listen to. So what's the point? But also at the same time, I would say that another important action is to offer timely updates, especially about larger change events. So essentially, it's to be realistically optimistic when discussing change across the organization, but also to offer those timely updates and not just a a one and done kind of update, but rather when that kind of strategic change in whatever capacity is anticipated, send that across the organization. Let people know, let people discuss it. And then as it's happening, send some updates. And then as it's starting to wrap up, if it's the kind of event that has a kind of a nice bow tie wrap up, send communication about what went well, what could go better in the future, things like that. So essentially turn into a conversation rather than just one newsletter or one email across the organization. All right, that's helpful. But along that line... I see kind of a tightrope that people have to walk here. If you have tough circumstances ahead, say major layoffs are coming. So how do leaders handle it? They're trying to be honest about the future, but they also want to keep employees productive and motivated. Yeah, that one is definitely a a tightrope situation. That one can be pretty tricky. And I would say that that's one of the more not unique in that it's a rare situation, but unique in that when a, for example, a major layoff is anticipated, oftentimes leadership knows the particular divisions, department, location, teams that'll be affected. So to be transparent, it would have to be kind of indicated which specific areas might be affected. And that's really difficult to essentially say, these areas are going to be effective with potential layoffs. But still, even though your livelihood, your paycheck may suffer, as in your ability to make ends meet for yourself or your family, please continue being productive and motivated. That may not settle well with a lot of people, and they may just kind of zone out and become disengaged if they 
are aware that their area may be part of that particular layoff. But that's also the spirit of transparency of ensuring that the specific individuals who may lose their jobs, be terminated, specifically know that that's the case. But on the other hand, even though that's kind of a slightly more of a pessimistic picture that, well, what's the point if they're just going to disengage and start looking for jobs anyway? There is the possibility that leaders could be much more humanistic in a way, much more empathetic, but also to ensure that they can do whatever they can in their power to help those employees kind of wrap up whatever projects they're working on, maybe help transition them out of certain projects to ensure that they'll be provided for and taken care of during that large transition time, even potentially helping them uh, find a new job or depending on the amount of leeway or the amount of anticipated time in between when the layoffs are going to happen and the communication of kind of helping them develop possible either skill sets or even just thinking about what they might be good for in another potential job. So essentially to leave off on the best footing possible rather than simply saying, yep, these areas are going to have a workforce reduction and that's about it. Kind of easing it a bit. But again, that isn't really a nice silver bullet for retaining productivity and motivation, but at least potentially help alleviate the disengagement that might ensue upon realizing that your job is on the line or simply won't be there in the next couple of weeks or months. Well, now that's very uh, helpful advice for a tricky situation. Now, going back to why it's important for employees to understand, you know, the why of why an organization is making changes. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I would say that that's kind of like what I'd mentioned earlier, that it does help reduce that uncertainty, that anxiety, because when you don't know about the future, really in anything, it doesn't just have to be your job, but it can be about your life, personal situation, so forth. And that uncertainty brings about anxiety because you don't know what's going to happen. How can I best prepare for this? What does that mean for me and my family and my friends and so forth? So the why of understanding why an organization is making changes helps individuals kind of better understand what that future entails to reduce the ambiguity. But at the same time, and again, related to what I said earlier, it helps I believe employees feel like they're part of that conversation, that leadership cares enough to inform them. But I would also say that, in thinking about it a little more, it also offers employees the potential to kind of make more informed decisions about their future within the organization. So if I know what's happening strategically, tactically, and so forth, whether it be in my department, division, the organization as a whole. Not only does that help kind of align me with where the organization is headed and hopefully reduce some kind of certain anxieties so I can focus more on my job, my role and responsibility rather than, oh, what's what's happening next? I can also then begin to think, well, if the organization is just changing in this way or that way, do I align with that? Do I want to change with the organization in that way? Where might some opportunities be for me to grow personally or professionally 
as the organization changes, or might it be time for me to start thinking about potentially joining another team if possible, or even thinking about looking for another job if that change is large enough for me to want to consider that. So essentially knowing about the future also arms employees better to think about their future. All right, great. That's helpful. Now, do you have some specific things that leaders could do to enhance their communication efforts and improve transparency when we have these uh, difficult times of change or uncertainty? Yeah, I would say that it kind of comes with a mental shift in a way, in that rather than thinking about organizational change as an event-by-event basis, try to think about organizations as constantly changing, dynamic, organic things that are kind of alive and that there's always some level of uncertainty to be had. It's just that when that level of uncertainty raises a bit too high, that's when we start to think, oh, that's a change event. But things are always changing, whether it be the software and technology that particular areas use, ways certain strategies or tactics are communicated in general, not just in terms of change, things like that. So potentially a bit of a shift of thinking about it more as a continuous process rather than static events. But another important aspect, I believe, is we've been talking about leadership. Important part of the puzzle is managers, is to ensure that managers throughout organizations, and this is assuming a kind of a typical hierarchical organization of leadership, managers, individual contributors, is to inform managers about those changes so they can help be agents of change and be agents of change communication so that when their team members come to them with questions about what's going to happen or what is happening, that they can be informed and aren't simply kind of shrugging and they don't know as well. So that can definitely help alleviate uncertainty and anxieties as well. But I would also say that beyond the the mindset shift and ensuring that managers are well-informed and able to answer their team's questions. What's also important is to keep that conversation open and alive. And this can be done, say, in town halls are fairly common, or if it's a larger, more kind of disseminated organization, there can be organization-wide webinars that are had on a, say, weekly or monthly basis, depending on the number of changes within an organization and its size, or even pre-post surveys in a way. You could send out a what's called a pulse survey, just a very short survey across the entire organization before some kind of event happens. And this is assuming it's a large change event, asking about what are what are your concerns? Are there any questions we could potentially address? You could use that to discuss during those town halls, those webinars, and then you could potentially conduct a post-survey or essentially a survey after the event has occurred and ask, okay, what did we do well? What could we do better next time? And then in-house analyst HR team could go through those results to essentially refine future communication opportunities to make it a kind of a stronger conversational process overall. All right, that's helpful. Now then, um, also in these difficult times, 
What do leaders do to show employees that they acknowledge and appreciate the work the employees are doing? Yeah, with that, I would say that it kind of fundamentally comes down to recognition of even during times of large change, whether it be a merger and acquisition, uh, a new location is being opened up, there's potentially even, say, an office or a location change, relocation, and so forth. It's important for managers and leaders to not necessarily keep morale high, but to ensure that employees continue to feel invested in that their efforts are still being seen and appreciated. And so in this capacity, it could even be as simple as some kind of broader recognition platform could be software. It could be the case of having leadership meeting with different areas or divisions of an organization to, again, kind of show that your voice, your opinion matters. So let's talk about it. And so even having those little one-on-one conversations or some kind of broader public platform for individuals to express their acknowledgement and appreciation of others can go a long way in showing employees that, okay, even though this large change is happening, I still know that managers and leaders are invested in me, that they think our work is important and that they notice the importance and impact of our work. All right. Thanks for that. Now, we we mentioned briefly uh, employees looking to their own futures um, and that they need to trust the company leaders uh, that they're going to lead them into a successful future. So what do leaders do to try to build that trust? Yeah, I would say that beyond what we've been talking about in terms of transparency, there's also accountability in a way. And this kind of goes back to what I'd say said earlier in that it's important for leaders to hold themselves accountable to not make promises that they can't keep, but also to, again, be transparent with regard to these are the changes that are being made or may be made, and here's why. So that kind of accountability is important to show that leadership essentially holds themselves to a standard that they would view their employees of, here's what I said would happen, here's what happened, here's what I said would happen, oh, that didn't happen, here's why, to ensure that leaders don't offer some kind of vision of the future that either isn't attainable or maybe just outright not accurate or true. But even beyond transparency and accountability, I would say from a kind of more of a humanistic perspective, there's also that humility of being humble of if something does happen that either the leadership team couldn't have foreseen or that maybe they made bit too strong of promises or weren't potentially transparent enough. Again, back to that accountability of being humble in that accountability to own up to potential mistakes that might happen. And mistakes do happen. It's not a it's not a question of if 
a mistake is going to happen by a leadership team, but when and how often. And so that that kind of triangle of transparency, accountability, humility, I think is really important in building that kind of trust. But also even bridging out from there is thinking about transparency and feedback in a broader way of kind of a two-way conversation. Because so far, I've been talking about transparency almost in a, in a downward fashion from leadership to the organization or from leadership to managers to their individual contributors. But it's also just as important to be transparent in being receptive and responsive to upward feedback from others' opinions, kind of like what I'd mentioned about town halls or webinars with Q&As or those pre-post surveys is to be transparent to and from your employees, but also have the humility to accept the feedback that's given from those employees and to try to change for the better accordingly and to, again, refine yourself, refine the leadership team, refine communication channels and processes throughout those entire endeavors. All right. So more specifically, um, how do leaders show employees that they have uh, opportunities for growth and career development and a, and a solid future? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think the first step there is to have opportunities in the first place. And then to make sure that employees know about them. Because sometimes organizations, they simply don't have a very strong process for those career growth opportunities and professional growth opportunities. And that's the important first step is you you can't really profess that you have something or say you should grow in this particular way if you don't have that. So after those are established in all the variety of ways that they can be established for growing and training an individual, Definitely important and just as important to ensure that employees know about them because sometimes organizations, especially large organizations, might have certain webinars, workshops, software that employees just don't know about. And it's that constant informing that's important to ensure that new employees especially are fully aware of those opportunities, but when something new is purchased, developed, and so forth, that it's broadly shared across the organization and probably sent across maybe on a quarterly or some annual basis to ensure that all employees, whether newer or older, know that those opportunities are available. But even then, that's at kind of a more of a structural, logistical level. Another layer to that, I believe, is to kind of promote and facilitate using performance conversations with employees. So this is more at the kind of the manager, individual contributor level. But for those professional growth development opportunities, it's not just enough to have them in general and to ensure that employees know about them, but there has to be some kind of coaching, some kind of guidance. And that's where I believe either HR teams or especially managers come into play. And one of the easier ways to do that is to have one-on-one conversations with employees. This may be difficult for managers who are 
managing larger teams, but within relatively smaller teams, say five to 10, maybe even 15, there could be a cadence of having a monthly or it's a larger team, quarterly career growth conversation, performance conversation with their team members to just get to know them better, what they want to do, how they feel about their current job, and start to kind of build out that either career or job map in a way. And that could be good for developing a kind of a potential job path a year down the road, three years, five years. And even that kind of forecasting for those potential job paths are informed by the strategic communication that we talked about earlier. So again, it all kind of wraps into each other about that's the importance of that kind of transparency at the higher level because it can better inform managers and their teams to know where someone might be best suited or how certain teams or departments might change over the coming year or years to think about their own professional growth and development. And even then, going into specifics, I suppose, it could be a certain tactic of job shadowing or cross-training. If an employee shows interest in another team or department, it could be having an internal job site to kind of tap into that logistical nature, but also to give employees insight into where their paths could take them. Or even something like a personal passion project in a way, devote a certain number of hours a week or a month to this project that is something that you're really passionate about, but you can grow your personal and professional skill set toward the betterment of the organization by going through that project. Well, that's all great practical advice uh, for managing organizational change. Uh, let me change directions a little bit. Uh, talk about some of the other areas where there's a push for organizations to be transparent. For example, with salaries and compensation data, what recommendations do you have there? With one area, with compensation, I would say that transparency is important because, unfortunately, there's been a kind of a cultural push to make talking about compensation almost taboo makes people a bit uncomfortable to some degree. So I would say that it would be important to start to promote kind of a more open culture about compensation. And this might make leadership teams, employers a bit uncomfortable themselves because in a way, if it becomes more openly discussed in terms of what individuals are making, that makes negotiations a bit more difficult for employers, and especially with regard to, say, compensation analyses of if the organization says, yeah, we, we pay at the market average or above average for your particular occupation. Well, if you start talking with some of your team members and you find out you're all being paid well below, and you simply didn't know that because you thought that, that was the norm because you didn't talk about it because you thought it was taboo, that gives you a little bit more power to start asking for higher wages. But that also indicates that maybe your employer isn't the best and that they may not have been transparent. And so it 
again, becomes one of those kind of tightrope situations of where's the line drawn between how openly we discuss compensation and to what degree that will impact the relationship between employers and employees, especially if it's found out that some individuals are receiving quite a bit higher pay, not due to merit, but potentially some form of, say, favoritism or lack of of equitable considerations. So that one, I believe, comes down to starting off as transparent as possible, but kind of making it a bit more gradual, especially with even just discussing pay between managers and their individual contributors, and then seeing how those conversations feel, and maybe HR teams thinking about some kind of kind of compensation communication strategy, how to ease into that process of making those conversations a little bit less taboo, a little bit more open to ensure that everyone is getting paid essentially what they deserve. But even beyond that, with salaries and compensation, there's even, say, realistic job previews with new employees because most of what we've been talking about so far relates to employees who are already in the organization. But what's also important is opening the doors that when individuals are coming in for interviews, how realistic are the job previews for what they're interviewing for? Are they overly optimistic? Are they just downright misleading? So that kind of transparency is very important because it happens all the time where an individual comes in for an interview, they talk with the interviewer, and it sounds like a great job, but then they come in and it's not at all what they thought it was going to be, either because of the job description wasn't very accurate, maybe not enough time was spent discussing the job itself. So being realistic, very realistic in those previews is really important on essentially setting the right foot for individuals who are coming into the organization. And then one more that I thought about is beyond compensation and those realistic job previews is even kind of performance metrics in a way, is that quite a number of employees seemingly don't really know how their performance is being measured. It could be due to the infrequency with which those performance metrics are discussed. Maybe it's just on a typical annual basis with their manager, if even or they don't know the specifics. And if you don't know how your performance is being measured in whatever capacity, that makes it more difficult for not only the compensation conversation, but also the future of, if I don't know essentially how I'm being measured, where can I get better? How can I get better? And how can I evolve and develop my skill set if I don't even know where I stand? So it's that kind of transparency between managers and their direct reports about performance metrics, how things are going, what they're measured on, and so forth. That's very, very important to be transparent about to ensure that individuals kind of know where they stand, how they can improve themselves, and then how they can improve themselves to potentially further professionally grow and develop in the organization. All right, thanks. 
Now, we've been talking about internal issues, but what about transparency with other stakeholders like vendors and shareholders and so on? What uh, considerations are there for those people? Mm-hmm. I would actually say that pretty much the similar principles apply. Now, I know that there's there's various nuances of those relationships that are definitely going to differ between say, traditional top-down communication of, say, leadership to the entire organization and then leadership to, say, owners or shareholders and individuals of that nature. But I would say the similar principles apply of what I discussed earlier in terms of being held accountable, being transparent to not set those false expectations for shareholders, to not paint too rosy of a picture for something that may be unattainable because with that kind of transparency, if you set the expectations way too high for shareholders, external shareholders, then there may be pressures that leadership then places on their employees to ensure that those expectations are met. And that does not bode well for kind of the organizational culture if that's kind of a constant chug for the organization of leadership sets these seemingly unrealistic expectations, then the employees kind of have to pay for it by, say, being overworked, increasing their workload, uh, very tight deadlines, things of that nature. So to be transparent, I believe, is to embody most of what I discussed earlier of being accountable, being humble, being receptive from those external stakeholders opinions and again being optimistic but realistically or grounded in their optimism and not being so optimistic that it might hurt the organizational culture or how employees view leadership in general. All right, thank you. Now, earlier we described you as a person who aggregates data to tell stories. Can you tell us what you mean by that and give us an example? Sure. So I would say that my role kind of falls into, well, several buckets, but I would say the two largest ones are external research and internal research. And so with external research, that's largely based on, say, marketing surveys. So surveys that are often intended to tap into employees' perceptions with the intent of turning those results into some kind of deliverable. Could be an ebook, blog posts, webinars, things like that, to kind of guide our thought leadership in a way. And so that kind of aggregation is simply sending out a survey, gathering various employees' perceptions, and then telling stories through those research surveys. Now, on the other hand, there's internal research. And this is where a lot more aggregation or a lot more pooling comes into play, is that more internal research is a bit more strategic in nature, and that I look across, say, different clients' data to glean insights about engagement, performance, and so forth. And so overall, I would say that when I say that I aggregate data to tell stories, it's simply that I pool together 
employees' perceptions across a wide variety of organizational topics to try to create narratives that, much like this podcast and webinars and so forth, can be used to inform others about their organizations to potentially help them refine their own uh, people strategies. So talking about data, do you have any data that show the positive influence of transparency, uh, for example, on retention? In thinking about it, I don't believe we have any data specifically about transparency itself, as in literally asking individuals to what degree is your leadership transparent. But I can recall some studies that at least tap into different aspects, a little bit indirectly of transparency. So there was one study that we conducted that we found that if employees don't feel like their organization listens to and respects their opinions at work, they're more likely to leave, so higher levels of turnover. So that indicates that kind of two-way transparency, that two-way communication, that it's not enough to be transparent in a downward fashion of explaining the what and the why of strategic change, but also to be responsive and appropriately receptive to individuals in terms of voicing their opinions, that voicing behavior, that kind of psychological safety in a way. So that one data point is essentially if individuals feel like they're not heard, they're more likely to leave. So that was one piece of research that we uncovered. Another one earlier this year, we looked into miscommunication in the workplace. And we found that the most frequent source of miscommunication in one-on-one performance conversations, so between managers and direct reports, is not feeling that what individuals say will be heard or listened to. So again, back to that kind of voicing psychological safety behavior. And so within that survey, roughly a quarter of respondents indicated that that was the most frequent source of miscommunication during those kinds of performance conversations. But what was fascinating about that, it was also associated with the lowest levels of engagement compared to various other sources of miscommunication. So essentially what that indicates is that if I don't feel that I'm being listened to or heard, not only am I more likely to leave, but I'm also more likely to be disengaged. And these are from two completely different data sets. So that starts to converge on the narrative. And this is why I essentially love my job and I love telling stories, is that tells a very, to me, clear-cut story. If managers and leaders don't listen to their employees and make employees feel that they're not listened to, there's a higher degree of disengagement, which then likely leads to higher levels of turnover. So I believe that those two data points, although they don't necessarily completely 100% directly relate to transparency, it's very strongly associated with that kind of transparency uh, that starts to build out those kinds of narratives about the importance of transparency that the on the flip side, the positive influences then that if individuals do feel like they're listened to and that their opinions are respected, 
they're probably more likely to stay. And if individuals are heard or believe that they're heard or listened to during the performance conversations with their managers, they're probably more likely to be engaged or at least more engaged. Well, I agree. I think those are helpful uh, indicators. Uh, Everything here that we've been talking about is helpful. Uh, To sum it all up, any final recommendations for companies that are wondering about transparency? Yeah, I would say that fundamentally it all starts as kind of a cultural movement within any organization and that any kind of people strategy can't just be jumped into, whether it be about balance and well-being, whether it be about performance, whether it be about, in this case, transparency. If an organization doesn't have a culture that promotes and facilitates those kinds of strategies, you can't just jump into it. You have to start at the top, get the leadership buy-in, and then once leadership has that kind of buying about the importance of that strategy, in this case, transparency, to then communicate it downward to directors, to managers to get that buying and eventually make it much more of a, of a cultural phenomenon within the organization. But even beyond creating that kind of cultural movement is to acknowledge and appreciate that transparency is a two-way phenomenon, that it's not just a one-way road of leaders to managers, leaders to the organization, or managers to their individual contributors, but also especially with those two data points that I just mentioned about turnover and disengagement, that it is absolutely crucial to be open, receptive, and appropriately responsive to what your employees have to say about the organization and its culture. That's great. Dan, thank you so much for joining us today and providing these helpful insights. You're very welcome. It was my pleasure. Listeners, please let me know what HR Works should cover next. Bruce at blr.com. Thanks for listening. This is Steve Bruce for HR Works.